0: There are times when words are necessary Or not enough to describe one's character We find ways to express ourselves Beyond the realm of language Without words, we use our hands Without hands, we use pictures Without pictures, we use something else This is where dance comes in. Dance done to the beat of the drum. Dance to the humming of weather. When you trace the steps, the feet of a dancer's performance, you might find that there is plenty to be heard in silence. The taps, the rhythm, the movements of grace. One dancer is such that she can't have it any other way. She lives with the steps and thrives in her rhythm. She is alive. And she burns. Episode 7, Living Wildfire. Welcome to the Tempered Fables. My name is N.T. Clover. Come, sit by the fire. Let me tell you a story. Kano was a young girl with the steps of a goddess. All she knew from the beginning was silence. She was mute, you see, and the little vibrations from the rumbling of the ground, she was extremely sensitive to them compared to her fellow people. She would hear of earthquakes before they arrived. She would know when the land chooses to separate itself, hurting those in between. The lands around these parts are known to be harsh, and these nomads move often. Kana becomes their guide. She warns them with her dance, and they prepare for the incoming disaster. When she was born in their tribe, the first time she touched the world with her skin, Kana felt something greater, something alive and throbbing. The heart of the earth would answer her. But she couldn't speak. How can she reply back to this invisible being beneath the ground? that, my friend, is where her feet come into play. As the kids in the village grew, they are trained in the art of ritual dance. From simple steps to complex moves, there is one for every purpose. It could be for life, it could be for death, it could be for marriage, or remembrance. But to her, it was more. At the age of five, she bloomed, while it was routine to the kids. It was a revelation. I can talk now, she thought to herself. The visions came, the first of which from when she learned how to dance for the first time. Since they were taught by ear, she had to learn on her own, by drawing out a 3x3 square on the ground and planting her feet in each one, one at a time. Each step became a representation, a phrase, a feeling. Each toe a word, each angle the tone, and as she practiced to a hidden rhythm found in the back of her mind, she began twirling with each step. Lighter and lighter did her dance become, until the squares were untouched, but the spaces within were carved in her footprints. She smiled. She can finally communicate, finding something to relate to. And in return, the world answered, It did not matter that no one else understands her. She only danced for the audience of two, one, herself, and two, all the earth and its rock, water, and green. Her grandmother, the last living family member, and her only guardian, teared up as she watched. She was her only family, Kana's mother, her daughter, dying of childbirth, and her father, slain. In a mammoth hunt Grandmother became the only mother figure In Kana's life And the shoulder to lean on It was her that taught sign language So that the little girl Could talk to others her age It was grandmother That taught her outside Of the village elder's teachings No one else could teach a little girl As well as her life and blood But now Here she is Grown up Accustomed to the shifting of her dances, and the evolving of her various dancing forms, she had crafted her own dancing persona, a style of movement indescribable, if not magnificent. It was unheard of for the others, they never learned to go beyond the teachings. But for Kana, this was necessary. She braided her hair and wore her dress in a peculiar fashion. Already unusual from character, she approached the stage with no need for accompanying music. None of them could have followed her. She danced in crescendo to the hums of the earth. She would start her dance in prayer form, as always, crossing her ankles as she kneeled. She begins with a prayer of gratitude for Mother Nature and seeking permission to move her body According to her will, according to the flow of time and the voices of all around her Then and only then once she received the call she starts slithers and leaps with grace across the lands The living wildfire they called her But not all dances come out of joy Out there in the fogs of war leaders and tyrants march against each other they meet in fields of blood. The villagers were in bad luck. They stayed in an advantageous position, and this led to the elders meeting with leaders for a granting passage. As is the tradition of the tribes, no foreigner can cross these sacred lands. But war is inevitable, and with war comes the need for slaughter and necessity. The whiff of blood came with the metal knights as they marched towards the village. Peace clashed with violence, and in the unavoidable massacre, only a few were left. Kana, her grandmother, and a few others were captured, presumably to be sold or eaten, much to the guise and worries of her fellow tribesmen. But the earth was impatient. It beckoned for her dance, and Kana could not answer back trapped in a cage. The nights were spent in silence and sorrow, and no steps could not be heard across these lands. Earth began to answer with disaster. The slow gradual rumble began to grow louder, and as the soldiers feasted and went with their merry drinking, Kana started to cry. What's wrong, dear? Grandmother asked her in sign. The earth is crying. She signed back. She wants her dance. Her tears met the ground, and her body could not stop shaking. I need to answer. The ground roared. In a moment, the soldiers panicked. They could not have foreseen this, a great catastrophe threatening the bulk of their army. In the chaos, the commander, barking orders to evacuate the area, passed by. Grandmother shouted at him to release them. They have the answer to stop all this madness. Bewildered, though indifferent to their fates, the commander opened their cage to fend for themselves as the army began their retreat. But Kana was not listening. She was walking past retreating soldiers, staring at the viewpoint of the sacred grounds at the top of the hill nearby. It was holy, a place where she can reach out to Mother Nature. There she imagined her squares and slowly entered prayer form. She waited and waited, for the moment the earth would calm for a moment, she prayed for her. For what felt like an eternity, between the sharp rumbles and tumbles of land and river, catastrophe raining down upon them, Mother Nature, angered at the silence, the defilement of sacred ground paused its destruction. There was a silent cry. The mute girl wants to talk to her again. The living wildfire entered mantis form. She leaped across the grounds, one foot at a time, twirling between the gravestones and pirouetting across altars. Every movement of her hands cast a protective barrier among the land as if to inform the earth to not destroy what is sacred to all This was the message of her dance Do not let anger get the better of your time The grace and beauty of a young dancer in the face of danger was a sight to behold as the nature calmed The soldiers began to look back and watch the young girl This was one without a voice but spoke loudly through her body. Kana danced and danced, a living wildfire, the passion burning from her legs, her eyes in a trance, facing the rest of the world. Her mouth was open, as if shouting, and nothing came out but silence. Deafening it was, as if people could not comprehend, but felt and knew it was a cry for something greater. Below the ground, down in the core, Danced, she did, until all natural disasters came before her and begged for forgiveness, for they acted in impulse, in anger. But dancing is expression without language, and Kana's is forgiveness. In the midst, she danced her struggles, on being mute, her acceptance of every peril. Frustrated, she danced her anger away. Through her steps, she told a story, a lesson rather. All negativity must be met with kindness, forgiveness and vigor. Learn to use one's weaknesses as strength and motivation. Her dance was living proof. Mother Nature rose from the ground, a motherly wooden figure. She thanked the child and sought forgiveness. But the girl smiled and thanked her for protecting them all this while. She had already forgiven them all. For that, she was given a wish. Nature can bless her with a voice of her own. Kana was ecstatic, but she refused. Her flaws are reminders of her lessons learned. She instead asked for something else, for Mother Nature to be her friend. But Mother Nature refused as well, for that wish is already granted since the beginning. Kana became renowned for her mystic arts of traditional dance, a performance so beautiful you could only watch in silence. For in silence you can learn many things, and in hers you can bask in her life. For those who wanted to praise her, it was done in a special manner, the heart form. It was the sign of love, the right hand on one's heart and left hand on another's shoulder in front of you. Through that, we connect and we share love. It forms the bridge between two people, sharing one's kindness and love for one another, as it did Mother Nature with Kana. From her, I share a lesson. We must always dance to the tunes that Mother Nature gives us, for if we stop, we become no better than the gravestones around us. But the dead go on and live to dance in the lands, the skies, the heavens, as they did before. For you as a human, to be human, you must dance, and for you to be alive, you must dance for life. There is a wildfire within all of us, and it must stay living, dancing, until the end of our times. and that is the end of the tale until next time friend I'll be waiting by the fire hey guys Norman here (laughs) it's been a while as usual I really need to pick up on this Um, but let's uh, put that aside so story notes this story was made in 15 minutes, actually. Uh, It's pretty interesting. I was in a Starbucks in Tokyo, and uh, yeah, I know that most stories start off with that, you know? It's a Starbucks in Tokyo. This story isn't sponsored by Starbucks, by the way. But I was there, and I was away on holiday. I was with my girlfriend, and we wanted to take time to do a few things for work and in my case that's writing and i haven't written a story in a long time i was having a little bit of a few personal issues but they're getting resolved it's fine and when i was talking to her about dance this story came up and i was thinking to myself what if i could use dance to talk to the world so this story was more about the Expression of oneself through nonverbal cues, uh, rather than uh, talking or showing uh, what we've created. I wanted to show what we could do with just our bodies. So dance is one of the most empirical forms of that, and that's where the story came in. And the rest of it fell into pieces uh, when I said that I wrote this in fifteen minutes. Actually, I it would. I just went into a trance. Actually. <laughs> I just concentrated and the words just came out And I cleaned it up after And I recorded it now So yeah, there you go Uh, A little bit more about the show I want to see if I can pump out more stories uh, See if I can Actually actually release more episodes And uh, get more inspiration from different kinds of things So uh, I want to see if I could get any suggestions from anyone as to what kinds of uh, themes uh, do they want me to tackle Um, you could just send an email to temperedfables at gmail.com for that Uh, if there's anything that you would like to know uh, any feedback you would like to provide uh, any questions that you might have or suggestions for what you know what do you want me to write about The more questions that I have, the more possibilities that I can answer in terms of a short story, so it'll be great to have that happening. (laughs) So, as always, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. So, Tempered Fables, as always, is a short story fiction podcast hosted by me, Norman T. Chella, under the pen name N.T. Clover. I'm a Speaker, or a writer, and a freelancer. Always talking about communications and culture and all that good stuff. Plenty of big projects coming in, so I'll always try to make time for this. But let's see how things go. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye. The following songs are used in conjunction with the Creative Commons Licensed obtained from Incompetech.com. Songs were Calling, Rite of Passage, Colorless Aura, and The North. Sound effects were obtained from Zapsplat.com.